Hello, dear friends. Thank you for tuning into Love Service Wisdom with myself, Rada Wepner. In this episode, I am speaking to Milana Snow. Milana Snow is a woman that I met while we were both teaching as part of the Entheo Wheel experience the, on sacred plant medicines at Esalen this past April. And um, she and I just, it was like meeting a kindred spirit, a kindred soul, and it was a pleasure to get to know her at Esalen and be a part of her offerings, her breathwork experiences there. She is a leading voice in wellness in the U.S. and abroad. She's a trusted source for wellness expertise and resources to a diverse global community of clients, followers, brands, celebrities, corporate companies, and even members of the royal family. She is a woman of color with Afro-Latina, Panamanian, Panamanian, Midwestern, and British roots. So she speaks to an audience as diverse as her background. She is just fantastic, as you will hear in this episode, as she shares so much about her life and her path as a breathwork and energy healer and her own path of finding spirituality and teachings from a very young age and doing shadow work and basically breaking down to breakthrough and all the ways. She's just so incredible. So I know you're going to love this conversation with Milana. You can find more about her at Milana, M-I-L-L-A-N-A, MilanaSnow.com or on Instagram, same thing, Milana Snow. So check her out. She's got courses and offerings and teachings and meditations and lots that she's doing out there in the world. And it was, like I said, just such a treat to have this conversation. We spoke back in like mid-August. So this is coming out in uh, November 1st. I'm making this recording, so early November. And so it's been a little while, but I think that you're still going to love it. And here we are, early November. Let's see what's going on with me. I'm back here in Boise, Idaho after a huge string of dates and traveling with East Forest and our retreat that we led in Boulder and out to the... um, 50th anniversary of Ram Dass's Be Here Now in the Wisdom. That was just a couple weekends ago. And the first time for me that I've really got to be with Sangha, with Satsang, with spiritual community in such an elevated way. And uh, it was definitely the medicine that my soul needed for sure. So thank you to everyone for from uh, Love Service Wisdom, or sorry, that's my podcast. Thank you to everybody from Love Serve Remember for having us out there, having uh, Krishna perform and just, again, allowing us to be with everyone again. It was a whole day of teachings and then evening of music. And it was, uh, it was just so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess a little speechless again from the beauty of it. So You, if you haven't read Be Here Now yet, I mean, come on, you guys, it's been out for 50 years and Ram Dass is truly like the classic spiritual teacher and his American spiritual teacher and his book Be Here Now is full of depth and wisdom. It's kind of separated into three parts where the first part is his story as Richard Alpert becoming Ram Dass. And then the middle section, which you turn to the side to see, which is um, like visual, very artistic, um, written teachings, spiritual teachings that are gorgeous. And then the last is like the spiritual cookbook where it talks about sadhana, where it talks about practices, where it gives you instructions on how to embody these spiritual teachings and what that would look like for a human to engage in this way. And so like a foundational core book, if I were to give, if I were to tell you to read a few books that would get you going on your path, Be Here Now would be number one, if not, I mean, definitely number one, maybe number two. I don't know what number one would be, but it'd be one or two. So it's a go, it's a go-to for sure. And I've had so many copies of it over the years and have one now sitting right next to me. It's one thing that I just love to give away. 
So check that out. Check out uh, Be Here Now. And again, thank you to everyone for having us out there in LA at the Wisdom. And we're coming into November. November, we'll, East Forest and I will be teaching again our own retreat at Esalen the weekend of November 12th. So some of you might be joining us there. I think we've got about 40 participants in that group. And then in December, December 4th is the launch of a project Krishna and I and another good friend, Lewis, have been working on in uh, creating this platform for musically guided online facilitated ceremonies. And it is Journey Space. Journeyspace.com is the website where you can visit to learn about how you too could join with us in a musically guided online ceremony, a medicine ceremony, essentially. Uh, we started doing those in the pandemic in private groups and circles. And now we're bringing it to the forefront. We're bringing it to the public and it's, it's beginning. It's beginning. You guys i have been working. I mean, if you've heard me say over the past little while, <laughs> how intense things have been part of it is because also, and in addition to everything else, we've been creating a startup, which is no joke as far as like energy and commitment and meetings and time and computer and all the things. But boy, have we been crossing our T's and dotting our I's and we're ready to go. Journey Space is ready to go. So go to journeyspace.com. We have some social media, but we haven't like put it out there yet. But you can find us on Facebook and Instagram too. And um, looking forward to some play and rest in November. Thank you all again for listening. Thanks to everybody who's rated the podcast, particularly on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It makes it makes a big difference with people um, deciding whether or not they want to listen. So when you say that you like it, it helps people feel like they would like it too. So again, thank you for your reviews. Appreciate them so, so much. And now I want to turn you over to... Milana Snow. Enjoy, everyone. Welcome, Milana, to Love Service Wisdom. It's great to see you again. Hi, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. Yes. Like I just said before we hopped on and started recording, I've been looking forward to this opportunity to just talk with you one-on-one and learn more about you and your world. There's so many pieces of you that are so inspiring just from an initial impression you know it's really wonderful Mm, thank you I feel the same about you and it's so good to to connect with you here because one you look beautiful by the way I don't know if I told you that you (laughs) look really divine I don't know what kind of light you have but it looks really good I'm just sitting in front of a window (laughs) oh nice (laughs) (laughs) thank you thank you Yeah. Speaking of beautiful, I was looking into, you know, about you a little bit more and, and loving your model history, you know, model turned wellness, it seems as if, but from the, from the, what I can, what I gathered as well, you are the type of person that's had a deep connection probably your whole life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's a good guess. Yes. Um, And I'm also the type of person who always believed that I could be whatever I wanted to be whenever and however I wanted to be. Right. So where did that that come from? from? (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah. Yeah, I think that came from the same era of spirituality and the same reason. And I think it's because, well, one, I started meditating and started my journey like very serendipitously when I was four years old. And it was when my grandmother taught me how to astral project at four. And I also moved a lot. I moved. Wait, wait. I want to talk about that a little bit more. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So paternal or maternal grandmother? Maternal. Maternal grandmother. So your mom's mom, you're with her and she's like, honey, come sit down. I'm going to teach you. To do what? How did she describe it to a four-year-old? Yeah, I remember her saying, come lay down next to me, close your eyes, and walk out of your body. Just like that. <laughs> it was, yeah. 
and when you're four and you know my my mom and my stepdad were pretty much agnostic atheists had no spiritual uh you know opinions really i was just open i was like oh okay cool i'll try that and she would have me practice it with her multiple times so i was just i didn't even question it and where did your what was your grandmother's teaching lineage like where did she learn how to do that do you well, know i always joke yeah because she was definitely like quintessential hippie she grew up in oklahoma on a farm and then at 17 had my mom and just was like a wild woman so she fled out of oklahoma and into the arms of any uh hippie cult that would welcome her which were many at that time <laughs> <laughs> so one of them was Ekinkar, which I know she wouldn't mm. call a cult. And I would, I, I, I joke, Ekinkar is one of the uh, practices and, and uh, lineages that she studied. And she just was a free and is a free living artist and explorer, and just really bold thinker. And so that, that definitely lent her to share that with me because I was just wide open and ready for that. Mm-hmm. Did, did Do you have siblings or were you an only I, child then? I do. But at this time I was the only child and I was her first grandchild. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. Wonderful. Thanks, grandma. <laughs> yeah. So when you astral projected as a four-year-old, what was that experience like for you? Like when she said, leave your body, did you then see your body from the outside? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember and I still, still use it from time to time, you know, now. Um, but I remember, you know, just walking out of my body and looking back, seeing myself still being there and then walking around the house and walking around the, the backyard. Yeah. I just remember seeing things as if I were seeing them with my own eyes. Um, and I remember her telling me that I could start with the house and see what people were doing in the house and that I could then go outside of the house and see what was going on outside of the house. <laughs> and she would tell me all these stories about how she would do this when she was a child, when she lived on the farm, and how she would find out things that nobody knew how she understood or knew because she was astral projecting and she grew up in a Christian household and nobody knew what that was. And she didn't know what that was when she was a kid. So she would tell me about what was possible. And I, I just, I, I loved it. It was so fun. And that, that, that experience and that kind of relationship with that realm, the more liminal states opened me up very early to not feel afraid. I was very excited, open. It was also a place for me to escape too. So it wasn't, it took me a while also as I grew older to not use that as a refuge when it mm. was not best for me me to use it as a refuge um so it, it 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 came with you know other things that i had to learn along the way but it did open me up to understanding how to meditate and 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 then this exploration of like what is all of this what am i who am i where did i come from and that was kind of an open book and i was i think what what came in at the same time and what was really special and i'm so grateful for is that i started moving a lot shortly thereafter a lot more than we had already been moving. And so at that time, I was about four, we would move every year or so until I was 14. So for 10 years, we moved almost every year, if not every year or a few times a year um, for various reasons. One of the reasons why was for my mom's job, but uh, I really didn't have friends. This was like before Instagram, way before Instagram, way before Facebook. So, I very early on recognized that the only thing that I could have that was solid for me as I went along to all these places was my spiritual connection. Hmm. So your spiritual connection at that time looked like a connection to something other, right? Did you mm -hmm. call it God or did you call it spirit or was it nature or did you have or discover a specific teacher? It's mm, a great question. I went about finding those answers and I don't think I ever really found them, but I went seeking. And so I, as early as like seven, 
or eight, I somehow found tarot, which I don't, I don't know how I found that, but my mom said, yes, I'll give you a tarot card deck. And I started doing tarot at like eight years old <laughs> would find out all kinds of family secrets. And was like, okay, I got to stop. Like this is getting <laughs> to be too much. And then I, then I went into Wicca in middle school. Um, I also found the Bhagavad Gita at one of the hotels that we stayed at. We'd stayed in, in hotels a lot because my mom is in the hotel industry. And so a lot of my time as a child was living in hotels that my mom worked at. And uh, when we when we moved to Boulder, Colorado, instead of the Bible in the drawer, there was the Bhagavad Gita. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> so I was like, oh, cool. Let's read about the Bhagavad Gita and got like super into it at like nine or 10. So it's just looking back, it's like, wow, I, it's really something. Uh, but also it all makes sense. It really does. It makes sense because of who you have sense. become? Yeah, it makes sense because of who I've become. And it makes sense because I needed spirituality to survive. Mm. I needed it. I mean, I I had a very challenging childhood and a very challenging home life. And I was almost always alone as a child. So in some ways, in, in many ways, I'm extremely grateful to my exploration and my like deep desire to explore spirituality. But I also keenly aware that that desire was there because I needed to have the answers for why I was in so much pain and why I felt the way I did. Yeah. It's so, reminding me yeah. of um, transpersonal psychology, which is what I have my master's in. And it's the field of psychology that honors or says outright, someone needs to have some sort of spiritual connection in order to feel whole. Mm. It's not a, just about figuring out your mind. And so mm. that can look like lots of different ways for people, right? And there's so many different pathways to take. So for you, you got that, right? Mm -hmm. When the other things in your life weren't stacked in your favor, you had that. And because you had that core foundation, you thrived. And then yeah. extrapolating that, imagine if, right? Imagine oh. if these teachings were, like if we were a spiritual country, which we're not. Oh, oh, that's one of the reasons why I do my work. Cause I know, I know what even just the healing journey, let alone feeling like you found your God or feeling like you found your purpose, but just being on the journey. I know what that does as a little girl. And I'm so grateful that, you know, despite all of the conflict and trap and trials that I had in my family, I was never, kept from exploring. I was kind of left to my own devices, which had its challenges. But I, when I asked to go to the library to get books on reincarnation, I would go to the library and get re books on reincarnation. And, and I'm so grateful that I had that, that little window of like curiosity and then access to fulfill and, and, and like feed that. Mm. And I and I, I I pray that some of my work today can help give that back to more and more people because I I just cannot imagine who I would be. I don't even know if I would be alive if I didn't have that as a child. Mm -hmm. It's funny to me hearing you tell some of your story how similar we were in lots of ways. Really? Just being a seeker from such a young, young, young age. And also left my own devices and also moving every year and also feeling, you know, quite alone, but really like just curious about the world and the nature of consciousness and what it means to be human and spending so much time in the library saying just like, what weird books can I find? What weird, I love what, that. Or like ancient archaeology used to really yes. pull me in, things like Egypt. that. Egypt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or the Mayans or Easter oh, Islands yeah. or, you know, all the National Geographics about these strange and just like wonderful, wild, otherworldly seeming places. Yes. And, you know, again, I'm just kind of reflecting too, like for you and I at that time, there, at least for me, there wasn't the internet. Did you have the internet? How old are you? I'm 33. I, I did okay. not have access to the internet until I was about 
12 and we i don't think google was some i think at the time it was yahoo was the search engine yeah at the or time. netscape something or like netscape. that yeah. yeah but you know the the hunt like my teachers my early teachers were always like old dusty books i found in a used bookstore same. or something same. from the library where i don't know if it would have been the same i guess is my question if i had had infinite answers at my fingertips that could go anywhere do you know what I mean? I absolutely know what you mean. And you know, it's funny about you saying that because I remember the Dewey Decimal System. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Anybody who's younger than 30 <laughs> has no idea what I just said. Going through the card catalog. Going through the <laughs> yeah. card catalog. That's one of the feeling I get now when I go record shopping is the same, yes. like dusty fingers. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. I remember that. And I remember even when the Dewey Decimal System was put on the local computer server, and just typing in, you know, reincarnation or spirituality or witchcraft and and just getting literally anything that was available under those search terms. And, and you know, feminism was also really important to me. So I was mm -hmm. reading like Margaret Mead and um, just, oh, God, I can't. Some, some of the teachers I don't even really remember. I just remember that every book I would read and I would read it until I just like I'd fall asleep with the book in my hand, but it's so funny that all that information was digested, but not, not really a teacher that was like, Oh, this is my standout. It was really just like, what else can I explore? What else does this mean to me? How can I practice this? And I remember the very first time I, I meditated on my own, other than what my grandmother taught me. I remember I did some sort of meditation that I read about in a, in a Buddhist book. I don't remember what book it was. And I remember putting it down and saying, I'm going to try this and laying on my floor, meditating and going to some temple and meeting a guru in the temple and having a deep experience with this guru. Even when I, when I talk about it to this day, I still feel the peace that I felt when I met with this guru in this meditation. And then waking up and looking at my clock and realizing that it had been two hours, but it felt like just a couple of minutes. Wow. And I couldn't tell you anything about who told me that, what, but I remember that it led me to get to do stuff like that again and again and again. And yeah, I well, think, it I feels think books to me, you, that. you know, from the outside looking in with your, especially your interest in reincarnation, there's just deep past life for you. Yes. Already. Yes. You yes. know, the fact that you chose a grandmother who is going to teach you to astral project at four. <laughs> yeah. That's a good, that's so. a good choice for somebody who wants to kind of like, almost like pick up where they left off. Totally. <laughs> I love that. That's great. I love that. Totally. Totally. Oh my God. And I totally picked my family. I mean, you know, I was grown, I grew up in a multicultural family. My mom is white and she's from Oklahoma and Kansas and when my mother married my, or, or got with my, uh, my dad who then became her husband, my great grandparents completely uh, disowned her because he was black. And I was the first person of color in my family, other than what is storied to be maybe one Native American woman at some point. Um, but I, I was really an anomaly. I mean, really in my family on my mother's side. And on my dad's side, they were a bunch of international kind of playboy and playgirls from, from Panama. At least my dad was a playboy from Panama. And, uh, and I, I kind of just, it was like these merging of two very opposite worlds through me. And then my dad left around the age of three or they got divorced around the age of three. And I was kind of in this really, really tough family situation with my mom, my stepdad, and my my little sister thereafter at about the age of five. And it got really, really deep, it got really tough. And I just, I just think about like, when I look at the healing of all of that, and really having integrated all those experiences and those versions and parts of myself now I'm like, wow, what a funny little life I chose and like, how cool. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah to have stood out in such a way yes and within that not losing your authenticity mm. working very hard to not lose my authenticity until I could finally understand that that was needed and valuable 
Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm sure like all of us, we try to adapt. We try to fit in. We try to conform. We try to do what we think we need to do in order to be loved, to be accepted. Yeah. Yeah. But as you know, when you move almost every year as a young one, I think you learn that to a fault. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The chameleon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know, at least personally, it got to this point where it was like, I remember high school very clearly making a conscious choice where I had also, we were also very poor. And one of my best friends in my freshman year was this beautiful, blonde, well-to-do family, you know, like kind of preppy. And I was trying to be like that because we were such good friends and I adored her and I still adore her to this day. And then there was just one moment and I don't remember exactly what the catalyst was for it, where I was like, you know what? This isn't who I am. One, I can't afford nice clothes. I'm just Mm going to shop at the thrift store Mm -hmm. and I'm going to just be what's true to what I have, which is really not a lot. And Mm -hmm. my friends are actually like the weirdos and the artists and the skaters and they're in bands and that's who I am. This is who Mm -hmm. we are. Of course, that's another identity that I put on too for that time. But Mm -hmm. I just remember really clearly shifting into something that felt way more aligned with my Mm. interests. That's beautiful. Honestly, I was so pissed. As a kid, I was so pissed. I was like, I deserve better than this shit, man. Mm. I deserve better. I'm going to work five jobs. I'm going to start working as a babysitter at 12. I'm going to sell my clothes. Like, I was, I, <laughs> honestly, I was very angry. I, I could not get over that I thought I should have better and that I deserved more. I mean, truly, my mom and I really thought about this because, you know, it was like, I, I thought this is, we should not be poor. We should not be, you know, we should not, I should not have to deal with drug and alcohol abuse. I'm, I should not have that. And I was very, I don't know how I knew that, but I was very adamant that I deserved better. And boy, did it cause problems. (laughs) And I don't think I really came full circle on that until honestly, 2017. What happened then? You know, after, after years of really trying to prove my value, I finally realized that I didn't have to prove it. Mm. And it came from just a complete breakdown of all the systems of me trying to prove that I was valuable, that I was good enough, that I was worthy of being protected and loved and cared for and who I am and what I believed in. And I had to have, I had to be an adult in my in my soul and my, not my solar return, my Saturn return (laughs) for that to really all come down in a way that I could also handle and withstand without crumbling. Hmm. And and because you were a high achiever, like you were doing, you were, you were achieving your goals. And so it sounds like no matter how much you actually got externally or achieved, there was still the, the hungry ghost that wanted more. Exactly. Exactly. Because what was really under that was, please just agree that I'm worth it. Please just agree that I'm valuable or uh, worthy of love and safety. And that, you know, those, those, those uh, hungry ghosts are related to being a child that didn't have those things, didn't have that validation. And so I had to really become the adult woman who had enough of that independently where I could realize that that that's for me to provide and for me to come back and reparent. How did you get to that place though? Where, where did that realization come from? Can you pinpoint it or the the arc of it? Yeah. Yeah. I had a, I had a business that I really cared about from 2012 to 2017 that I started on my own and had brought in various business partners over the course of the five years. And what was the business? Uh, it, it started off as rooftop yoga and kind of became this amazing community of international events and programs and practitioners and clients. And then 
I really wanted to make it an online community. And I, and I didn't know how to build that. And so I brought in two partners to help me with that. Um, and the last year it was really like the, the final, uh, confrontation of recognizing that actually what I'd been doing is giving out my power and giving out what I cared about most, which was community and healing to people who really didn't respect me or the work. <laughs> and I was, and, and really, if I was honest with it, I was okay with it because I saw myself as a victim and as someone who was powerless to do what they were feeling called to do. And so when, when all of that came to a head, it was the realization that I had really given my, my, my company and my community to people who weren't there for the ultimate holistic well-being of myself or the community. And so when I had that realization and the way that things then fell apart and the way that that um, went really led to me losing everything, lost my company, my community um, for the time being, uh, led to us getting lots of press and lots of excitement around what we were doing and then all that being completely wiped out not having a job, not knowing what was next, literally being as broke as I've ever been at like 28 years old. And I really, I really got to a point. I remember being in my bed and just being like, wow, I have nothing going on for me and I need to look at how I got myself here. And that was like the thing that opened up everything. I was like at the bottom of my shame, the bottom of my guilt, the bottom of poverty and like nothingness, quote unquote. And really, that was where everything opened up when I was willing to ask myself, okay, how did I do this? How did I get here? Mm. Mm. And what a beautiful inquiry. I mean, that's the question. What did I do? How yes. did I get myself here? What does this really mean? Yes. What didn't I understand? Yes. How, what false beliefs did I have? How was I deluding yes. myself? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, as you know now, right, if those are, if your foundations are built upon those false beliefs, they will crumble. They will exactly. won't give you real lasting satisfaction. It won't be exactly. in integrity, let's say, even though, you know, our sh we don't see our, sh it's called a shadow for a reason, you know, yes. we don't consciously know. I mean, we know a little yes. bit, but not fully yes. until then we do. Yes. Yes. And it, it really, I think it gets to a point where sometimes it has to get so loud and so, so it will shake you just enough where you are actually like, oh, I, I have to do something different. And that was finally the stage for me. And I have to say the year that followed was probably one of the most revolutionary years of my life and everything completely changed after that 2018 was one of the best years of my life and things have just gotten better and better and better every year and my healing has just expanded personally for me in ways that I never even knew were possible and it really that 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 moment in time was like what April of 2017 really just because all of that trauma and all of that pain had been stacked up so mm. high that that was really the apex of, of, of pain for me um, over that period of my life. And so I, I'm just, I, I'm so grateful for the people that made that possible for me to come to that place. You know, I, I try to be mindful of, of speaking of those people that I worked with at that time, because now I see just like the incredible gift that I was given by them playing the roles that they did exactly in the ways that they did. And yeah, I just hope that anybody that's listening, if you're going through something like that, that like really, if you can move through it deeply and look at one's own, your own like true accountability in it, then the players in the game become like actually your allies, even if they look like enemies. <laughs> your teachers, you know, yes. it's another contract in a way, like I'm going to put you through shit. So you get yes. it. Yes. <laughs> and because I love you. Yes. Deep down. Yes. Wow. But it's, it's, it's difficult to do, you know, and I see you now you've got wellness official.co. That's your new company. I don't know if it's com. new, but com. Com now. 
Yeah. Oh, you got the that end, we got girl. the dot com. It took mm, us a while. Mm, mm, oh. mm, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and you yeah. know, when we were together at Esalen, you led an incredible, a couple incredible breathwork sessions with your partner one night, Justin, doing the music to it too. The two of you weaving together in synchronicity. I want to learn more. We spoke briefly there where you said, I kind of just, you know, have put this together and it's just flowed through me. And this is what I do now. But when did you first begin breath work or energy healing? Mm, Yeah. It's a great question. Yeah. Everything that I teach is what I've used for myself. And the funny thing is, especially when people ask me about my training is that nobody uh, formally trained me. It was just like really, again, a real personal need to heal myself mm-hmm. <laughs> and just practice. But you had teachers, all- right? Did you go to breath work? Cause when you, I heard you, when I watched you was with you teaching, you reminded me of Stacy Matulis. Do you know Stacy in LA? Oh no, I don't. She's an incredible breath work teacher and just felt, like such similar vibes of the oh, depth of it. Her up. Yeah. I'll, I'll send her up. I'll share it with you. Yeah. I did not have a breathwork teacher. This is this I know this is just crazy. Um, but I literally went to a breathwork event okay. that was uh I can't remember the name of the studio, but I was invited to an event. It wasn't even a class, it was an event. And a woman whose name I should probably remember did the breath work and I had an an incredible experience and I went up to her and I said, I would really love to learn from you. Do you teach this? And she looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, okay, I guess I'll go and learn it somewhere else. And that was kind of it. You know, maybe that's why I don't remember her name because it wasn't, I was like, okay, I guess I, all right. This is a no. Yeah, I'll just go. (laughs) And so I decided, let me go home and do what I just did and repeat it over and over and over again. Mm. And so I did it over and over and over again for months. And at the time I was doing energy healing, but it was, it was, it was kind of my own version of Reiki. I only took Reiki one with a friend of mine named Gwen Gatos. I never was Reiki attuned past one. And I was kind of doing my own fusion of things. So when people would come to my house, I'd say, you know, this is kind of my own version of Reiki. I'm just going to have you do, you know, this meditation and I would guide them through it. But when I started learning the breath work on my own, I had a few clients, I had like three clients that were very close that would come to me every month. And I would say, Hey, I've got this new breath work practice that I'm trying. Would you be interested in trying it? And I would only do it with those core clients that knew me very well and vice versa. And over the course of a year, I developed my own approach to kind of fusing all of these things, but I cobbled them all together. That makes sense. And, and that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Again, that the, we're very similar in that way too, where I get inspired and I'm just like, I can figure this out. I can do this. This is what's happening. Here we go. <laughs> yes, this is working. Yes. People say it's working. <laughs> we're getting results. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, yes. you know, I think it speaks to this other aspect that these are inherent to all of us. Yes. It's what the body exactly. wants to do. It's what's flowing exactly. through the body. Exactly, Rada. That's exactly what I believe. That's exactly what I teach because I am literally like, you guys, this is just what's worked for me. I'm going to give you a framework so that maybe it can be easier for you along your path, but you can take it, break it. You can reshape it, do whatever you want with this, make it your own. I just hope that this is helpful. That's, that's my prayer when I give someone the work that I do. And it's never from a place of like, this is what it's always going to be. And this is what it has to be because it's a Mm. living practice Mm -hmm. for me. Your laboratory is your body. Your teaching yes. is your body. You're knowing yes. in real time through experience. There's no argument with that. Yes. And 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 then it's not cookie cutter either because we all have very yes. different bodies. Yes. While exactly. we can overlay, you know, experiences, it's going to be different. So I love that you teach that freedom. Thank you. Thank you. I know that it can be scary to some. I've had a lot of people over the years who have said, 
no, no, no. Who taught you how to do this? Or like, do you have a certificate? And I'm like, <laughs> sorry, I just, I don't. <laughs> I don't and even with the people who come through my training, I'm like, you guys, I'll give you a certificate for completing two ho- 200 hours worth of practice, but that's all it's going to say. It's not going to say you are officially an integrative energy healer. It's going to say you've practiced 200 hours of integrative energy healing. That's it. That's all I can give you because to me, the paper and the certificates and the associations, uh, those things don't matter if there's not real community as at the basis and the core of that. And also just real practice and accountability. And so, yeah, that to me, I think for me, what's most important, and I I imagine that you would agree is that it's all about practice and just living the practice and prioritizing the practice. Because even, even in that session that I shared at, at Esalen that you came to, which I was so, so grateful to have you there that, that night, uh, that was one of the first times that I had done it in that way because I had been getting lots of feedback from people saying, we'd like to dance. The music that you're playing is like so cool. Like, can we move? And I used to be like, don't move, don't move, just Mm. breathe it out. And and then I learned, wait, 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 that's not what's working for everyone. So it's a living uh, practice that I think we must like really pay homage to and not the papers and certifications. Absolutely. Absolutely. And just let me, let me, honor you in that moment, how totally DFW you are to be like, sure, you guys can record this. Sure. It's in front of so many people. Yes. I've never done this before. And here we go. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It takes, that takes a lot of nerve, you know, just to be able to hold your own space while being like, I'm, I'm fully on the edge right here, fully on the edge. Things are yes. rattling, but I'm still going forward. Yeah, holding I mean, space. Honestly, that's my that's my life right there. I mean, <laughs> truly, truly. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yep. Just saying yes. Just saying yes and trusting. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I think it's been really interesting too with these group sessions because I started getting these visions of doing group energy healing and breath work back in 2017 when I had just, I was at at the end of 2017, I had just come out of my like gritty, you know, Saturn return. And at the end of 2017, I got asked to teach at summit LA, the first one. And it was for groups of like 200, 300 by myself. And I, and it was like full manifestation of a vision that I had. And I was like, okay, we're just gonna, we're gonna go for it. And the stuff that was coming out of it was pretty wild. But at the same time, looking back, I'm like, God, you know, there probably were people that needed more integration. There were probably people that could have used more of my, my comfort or, or, you know, understanding of, of, of how this works. And so I say all this to say that, you know, one of the reasons why now so many years later, I've realized that practice and community and accountability are so important is because, you know, when we're doing it in this way, you make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And some of those mistakes can really cause harm. And I, I believe that I have not caused real harm because I've been very mindful about the work that I've done over the years, but I know for a fact that I've made mistakes. And, um, I think, you know, just looking at that, that interesting contrast of like really living the vision, stepping into what I've been called to do, what I'm being called to step into while also being very mindful about how we share our work and, and the transparency and the accountability that's required. It's a hard line to walk sometimes. It is, but you know, I love that you're naming that you have made mistakes and you'll, and like us all, will continue to make mistakes because in the mistake, in, in a world where we can make mistakes, that's how we grow. Like that's how totally. we learn. Totally. And totally. that's what we're all here doing. We're students totally. learning and we've made so many mistakes. Totally. Everyone else around us does, but we hold, if we can hold ourselves and others with like a nurturing compassion of like, yeah, okay, well, what did we learn? Let's try again. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for that graceful reflection. I appreciate that. You're so right. So true. I think actually the faster you make mistakes, the more that you move through mistakes, if you can, if you can maintain mindfulness throughout, the more you can expand in a way that's like holistically sound Mm -hmm. because because I was willing to say yes to summit in 2017, that actual uh, event ended up connecting me to some of my closest, dearest friends that I've ever had from, from actually being there and doing the thing that I was doing. And so, yeah, there, there was clearly a lot that came out of that that was right. Um, and, uh, and still to this day, I still have like grown men, random men that will just like be like, hey, you made me cry in 2017. You remember that? <laughs> so I don't know if that's a good thing, but I, I, I like I like to think that men crying more is actually a really good thing. I so. think that's a compliment. I mean, it's clearly impression left an impression on them. So <laughs> that's a good moment. Yeah. And, you know, along that line, too. It takes a lot of courage. It's like riding the line of courage and vulnerability. And yes. I'm not going to do this perfect, but I'm willing to do it and I'm willing to show up. Because if you wanted to do it perfect, you wouldn't have done it. Totally. Totally. Absolutely. I think that can be one of our uh, biggest blocks to breaking through. And I see it a lot, actually, with a lot of my students who come through the trainings that I do now. It's like, they tell me that they're afraid to let people know that they're doing the energy healing and breath work after they've done 200 hours of breath work and healing. And I'm just like, sweetie, if you knew how many, how many misspelled words we had in my newsletter yesterday, you would, you would send a newsletter today about your work. You know, I mean, it's like all the time I catch things where I'm like, Oh, didn't spell that right. Or, Oh, could have said that better. Damn. I shouldn't have said that at all. You know, that is the kind of stuff that I think people are so afraid of it's those it's actually those little things mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what I like to do now is like just be so transparent that none of that shit even matters you know I, I I'm not I am not the guru I am I am not yet awakened I am uh totally flawed and and healing I am also in process and so when someone comes to me you know I'm really just being there in deep presence while also like never putting on that I've got it all figured out and that like I'm the model of perfection. Cause then that puts me in a place where I can't actually be honest and real and where I truly am with someone, which is what's required for deep healing to be abundant between two people. And knowing that at the same time that is being projected onto you, that you do yes. have it all figured out. Yes. Yes. And letting people know like, and, you know, also, I think, and you might even be able to relate to this, also accepting that there are things that I've been doing for almost 30 years and that there's that, that I have repeated over and over and over again that enable me to show up in the way that I do. Yes. So I also accept that, too. Yes, I can hold space for 300 people. I know that about myself because I've spent over 10,000 hours doing this thing. And so it's that interesting, lovely balance of like living in both these truths at the same time. Beautiful. Exactly. Exactly. I'm yes. Yes. You can be the master when you need to be the master and you can just be the human Milana at the same time. And that's, that's one of the reasons why you can, I think, step up and be the master because that's what the field that's with you, the 300 people, let's say is feeling from you. I can mm-hmm. trust her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, yes. but I'm vibing with this. Yes, yes, yes. I, I also think that one of the reasons why that vibe is there is because I know that I can trust myself. Yeah, yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that, that is, that's not just an idea. That's like, that's in the field. Mm-hmm. Like check, check, seen that a couple of times. I can trust myself. So because I can tr- trust me with you, that's why you can feel that because mm-hmm. I know who I'm bringing to the space when I come. Mm-hmm. 
Perfectly said. It's totally true. <sighs> That's what I pick up from you. <laughs> so what are you most passionate about right now? You, you've mentioned these trainings that you're doing and you do coaching and you've got wellnessofficial.com. Mama. <laughs> but what's like, what's your favorite? If you could pick a favorite child. Ooh. Ooh, that's a great question. Well, I think the, the biggest message that I've been getting, it just says recently as the Lionsgate 88 portal. It <laughs> 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 weekends ago. <laughs> is that I really have to accept and recognize that um, the, the priority at hand is really making space for my personal healing work, both for myself and my community, to be the centerpiece of everything that I'm doing. Because one of the things that I have to be really mindful of with myself is that I have a tendency to want to serve others and other people's missions before I will focus on my own or Ooh, myself. Shit, I needed to hear that. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's we a hard a one. Coming, don't we? <laughs> mm -hmm. So, knowing yeah. that, then are you saying no? Are you taking mm. time? Mm. Yeah, so one of the things that is really clear to me this this month and in the past month is that I really must say no most of the time. And that is really hard for me. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard. I'm like, damn, it I is... just want to say yes to everything. That okay, so how are you choosing then? Enlighten me. How are you choosing if you have to say no most of the time, is that the kind of guiding principles? Like, even though I want to say yes, I got to say no. Mm. So I think one of the things that's been coming up is like when I've made prior um, agreements, I'm I'm uh, falling through on those agreements, even if it's no longer uh, um, necessarily like the thing that I would want to do. I will say like, for example, I have a, I have a very dear a uh, client and friend who I've known for many years who's asked me to do an event with her this month. And she asked me like literally five months ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. And and I have said no to anybody else who's been asking me to do public events with them. And I mean, literally any or everyone that's asked me. But because I said yes to her back in May or April, I'm following through with that because that was something that I said yes to at that time. So I think that's a really helpful thing for me even because I, I have wrestled like, oh gosh, can I... I said yes. Mm. So now from this place moving forward, we're going to be more mindful. The other thing is, is that the reason why I'm saying yeah, uh, no is because I'm saying yes to what I'm actually being asked in my own inner vision and my own mission to do. So it's prioritizing my mission, prioritizing my priorities, my responsibilities that only have to do with me and what I've got going on. And that has been really hard for me in the past. Yeah. And a lot of that also looked like I would do these little trade-offs with myself. Like, well, maybe if I like collaborate with this person to help them, I can kind of like slip in my thing and then we can kind of do it together. That was how I would do it because I really had a complex about showing up fully and prioritizing fully for what I know I'm called to do. And so that's been a big one for me this month. I get all of that so fully. And now my next question is knowing that you're a projector, wouldn't you say that you were inclined to collaborate before because that's how it works in a way? Mm -hmm. Like how does it yes. work now one-on-one -on -one with just like... Yes, I love that you brought up the projector. This is so great. This is so great. Oh, okay. So so this takes me to my next part. Um. Lately, I have bring, been bringing in, calling in, attracting, creating partnerships that are really about promoting my stuff and my community and my mission more than anything else. So I'll give an example. 
Logitech is, and we don't even have to keep that brand name in, but I worked with Logitech and they asked me to do a video and a campaign that's a global campaign simply using their uh, little video live stream cameras, which is something that I already use, I already need. And they said, you know what? We just want you to film what you're doing using what you use of our products. And we came back and said, okay, we can do that for this amount of money, which was very good for us. And they said, yes. <laughs> and it literally was to promote what the community, what the work is up to. That is something that makes sense for the mission. That is something that, yes, they get to benefit from. Yes, their customers and clients can see different ways that their products are being used. But ultimately, it got to be a commercial for a wellness official and Milana Snow and the Integrative Energy Healing Community. And so I just say this to say so transparently that what I'm really understanding now is it's like, oh yeah, how does this benefit me actually? Because I think what's happening, and I'm curious if this is something that resonates with you, is that for at least 10 years, everything I have done has been for the service of others. I mean, literally everything. And what I left out for about seven of those 10 years was making sure that I was also okay. And so now it's integrating these two themes to be of service to others and to myself and recognizing that the service of others doesn't actually have to be prioritized over me for me to have impact. And then the ironic thing about this is that now that I've balanced these two things or even prioritized me being taken care of first, my impact has quadrupled month mm. over month. I could go on and on. So I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Get it, girl. Speak truth. It's so, so right. And I, I know, I, like I said, I need to hear these things. And I know the listeners do too, because I, I think it's what many of us in this healing profession have been doing, have yes. been doing because the self, the self is so interestingly martyred. Let's just say. Yes. 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 Bravo. Okay. <laughs> even saying these words, Rada, you don't even, I mean, maybe you can relate. I, I used to not even be able to say things like this out loud, let alone on a podcast. <laughs> I couldn't even say those things to myself. Prioritize you, Milana? What? Like not even, right. that was like bad. Without the you know? immediate backflow of no, yeah, but no, yeah, but ooh, no. Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. So bravely claiming I'm prioritizing myself. And isn't it mm. interesting that when I do that, my my reach and my service expands? Yes. Yes. It's like another layer of the healing work that you went through in 2017 where it was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta it's almost like um doing a deep clean on the house, you know, where you're getting rid of what you thought you needed that you've been hanging yes. on to. I don't need that stuff yes. anymore. Yes. And the thing that I've kind of understood about this, really sitting with this theme and praying about it is that when, when, when we get to a certain point in our work and in our mission of really wanting to be of service and really make an impact and really, really do work that will help and support people's healing. We get to a point where like, there is a role of leader and teacher where we have to accept that if we aren't um, taking care of ourselves, that we are actually hindering the work that we get to do in the world that we are actually not taking the full responsibility of the mission that we have accepted. And that's where I got to this year. I was like, oh shoot, if I don't actually accept all aspects of this role, which also include me saying no so that I can say yes to what is required so that my business, my team, my life, my relationship, my home is in order, 
then I'm actually not, I'm going to be holding back what is being asked of me. So I think that that's been a really big thing that there's, there's actually responsibility mm-hmm. in creating the systems and the framework of, of having like this ecosystem flowing, not just outward, but coming back. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in this like even larger meta way of like turning against the tide of consumerism more. Yes. Yes. There's never enough, always more where you're like, you know what? Actually, I'm going to say I'm good. Yes. I'm going to say I'm going to go deep instead of wide right yes. now. And if I can do this, I can take other people there. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that you say that because so much of the no's are like turning down free stuff like all the time, <laughs> <laughs> which is really nice. I joke with Justin, my boyfriend all the time. I'm like, babe, the times that I really wish that someone would have sent me food when I re- like I actually needed food, <laughs> like just food, not even money, just food. And now they want to pay me to eat their food, babe. I'm like, my God, isn't this funny? But now I'm like, guess what? I don't, I don't need these extra things. Right. I don't need to do these extra like little exchanges of energy to, so that you can give me things. I don't need those things. I, I, I am here to do my work and, and that's my focus. <laughs> mm-hmm. You just, you just stepped out of the hustle stream. Yes. Yes. And then you look back and you realize, oh my God, this is what it's, this is all it's about anyways. Like you can circumvent, you don't have to go through the struggle, the strife and the hustle. Now at 33, I'm like, oh my God, if I knew this at 22, you know? Hmm. Can the 22 year olds get it? There's a part of me that wonders that they've got to go through the lessons, but maybe the lessons can just be digested quicker. I think, I think they can get through them quicker. Alexandra, who's on our team, shout out to Alex, because she listens to every podcast interview that I do. She is 21 years old. And the things that she says, the way that she listens to her ancestors and her guides, mm. I mean, the way she'll pick up any of the things that we are talking about or learning or, or sharing, I'm just like, wow, you're, you're going to get to just leap over like 15 roadblocks each time that I had to like climb over and struggle and park at, you know, because I think that's what evolution is about. If we're actually, I I actually believe like greater consciousness is leading us to more rapid expansion because of this, that we have gone through, you know, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of giants and then they get to stand on our shoulders and it just gets to go like that. And I think where we're at and what I pray for is that we can, we can uh, extradite that path for as many people as possible. I don't want people to have to go through the struggle and the pain that I went through. I would like you to just be able to heal quicker so that we can get to all of us being on a mission and more in love and more in oneness and more in peace. I would love that. So I think, I think the old narrative too, and I had this as well as that, like we should all work hard and we should all struggle and hustle and like burn it out. And I'm just like, no, Mm-mm. we don't have to do that. Yes. Yes, do your work because nobody can do that for you. But that's separate. That's a different experience than this uh, this contradictory state of like chasing your own tail. Yeah, it's like how quickly can we get everyone to know that they're enough and they have enough? Yes, 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 exactly. What if we raised our children that way? yeah. What if we treated the world around us like that? Yes. That we respected and cared for it. Yes. Yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely time for that. That's for sure. And I, I'm optimistic because perhaps I live in a bubble and I think I probably do, but we are constantly looking to expand that bubble of just the possibility, the optimism that everybody in their own way can, 
that that is actually possible for everyone. And that it doesn't have to look like mine, it doesn't have to look like a certain religion or spiritual path, but that everybody actually can heal and, and know that they are worthy, that they are enough, that they are part of a greater whole. So that, that's, that's what the mission is. I love it. I love it. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> Bravo. We're on the same team. Yeah, I know. It's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, we have so much in common. I love it. Uh, well, this conversation has been as delightful, if not more, than I thought that it would. Milana, I just love who you are. I love witnessing you. I love feeling you. I love seeing you and just knowing that you're out there doing exactly what you are. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really look forward to more with you and whatever way that unfolds, whatever random, whatever random moment might bring us together. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. Same here. I'm so grateful that you invited me to be here and thank you for just really seeing me and opening your, your space and your community to, to me and, and vice versa. Yes. Well, you got it. And Milana Snow Milana with two L's. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Milanasnow.com, Milanasofficial.com. I also, um, you know, do a lot of stuff on Instagram. So if you all have an Instagram, that's a great place to just kind of connect for content and some just thoughts and musings, share a lot there. And um, we also have a really cool breathwork little mini course. It's a seven day little short intro to the breathwork. So if you'd like to join, you can go to Wellness Official and it will be there on courses. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll link to all that too in the show notes. Thank Thank you, you, Milana. Milana.